Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Most of us would agree there's no better chat than one with a taxi driver on the way to or back from a night out. But is this a service that increasingly is being forgotten about um, when it comes to the pandemic and the effect uh, of it? Um, Taxi drivers have taken to the streets of Dublin saying their livelihoods are at uh, risk uh, and we have uh, Limerick taxi driver Tina O'Gorman with us on the line. We have Ger Macken from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland and socially distanced next door we have Sarah who is uh, producing uh, the show uh, this uh, week and um, Sarah, good morning to you. Um, uh, uh, how are you doing? Oh, oh, here we are. Hello, Sarah. Hello, how are Hi. you? How's it going? <laughs> I, I wanted to start with you because uh, you had a very recent story about taking a taxi. I did. So I went for um, a meal with a few friends of mine in the city on Tuesday evening. Um, it was quite late by the time we finished and I don't drive, so I usually get the bus, but I have a bit of a walk from the bus to my house so I didn't want to chance it so I said that I would get a taxi um, from town out to where I live in Castle Troy and hopped in the taxi and um, we were dropping a friend of mine off home first before stopping at my house and uh, we were going driving into the estate and uh, we were driving down and and the friend lived kind of at the very end of the estate say so we had to go through the entire estate to get there and uh, everything was fine it was all quiet and uh, there was a group of maybe five or six kind of teens, um, maybe 12, 13, I wouldn't say they were any older than that, um, kind of congregating around. And, uh, you know, you'd be looking out the window and I kind of caught one of their, I kind of caught the attention of one of them. But, you know, you just kind of, I looked away again. And then before I knew it, uh, one of the youths had a rock and threw the rock um, at the car door. It narrowly missed my side. I was sitting in the back seat and it narrowly missed the window um, on my on my side and uh, hit the door and uh, like we got an awful fright to be honest and the driver you know wasn't just kind of kept on going. Um, he stopped at the end of the road after we dropped my friend off. He got out, he had a look um, at the car he reckoned there was no damage but he wasn't sure because it was quite dark at the time and uh, he hopped back into the car and I said are you okay and he said oh I'm I'm fine and um, I said does this happen a lot and he said yeah it happens every day um, not particularly in that area but just across Limerick in general and I said oh right I said and is it just yourself or is it common amongst other taxi drivers or he said yeah he goes um, I, I know other taxi drivers that this would happen to um, and it happens to me every single day um, he said he has you know reported it to the guards um, there doesn't seem to be any action from his perspective from the guards um, but again you know not not sure what the story is there but I mean it was an awful fright and I mean I got out we were coming back out of the estate and I sunk back into the seat for fear because we were going to have to pass them again to get out of the estate and I just kind of sunk back in my seat and I didn't pop my head up until I knew we were well out of there um, and I just thought like I mean I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, if if a taxi driver was there on their own, um, you know, and that happened, there's nobody there, and I just, it was, I was very unsettled after it. Like to be honest. Yeah, I'd believe it. Uh, we're talking to our own Sarah about her experience only this week in a taxi in Limerick. And Ger Macken from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland is uh, on the line, as is Limerick taxi driver Tina O'Gorman. Uh, Tina, what do you make uh, of Sarah's own story there? Hi, Joe. It's very hard 
very sad to hear that happened to Sarah. I haven't come across anything like that myself, thank God. But um, I can see where she's coming from and the fear that must have been there. And you know? What is life like for you as a taxi driver in general in Limerick right now? Well, at the minute, Joe, it's actually very, very bad. Business is terrible at the moment. And where, like, I'm driving for years and I always do day work and I would normally come on around six o'clock in the morning and work right through. Now, it has been busy up to a couple of months ago and then it's just terrible now because the night drivers now, there's no work there for them. So, obviously, they have to make a few bob as well. So, they're on during the day. So, you've I've seen the difference. You have to nearly come on an hour or two earlier now to try and get some bit of work. Because by nine o'clock, before there wouldn't be a, you, there wouldn't be a cab in the rank. Now you can't get into a rank. It's absolutely horrendous at the minute now, Joe. To be honest. So the twenty-four hour cycle has been funneled into daytime. So drivers are all understandably competing for that business. Exactly, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and Tina, did you drive during lockdown? I did. I drove. I didn't take pandemic payments. I walked right through. At the start, we were very busy. And then there was a lull in it because a lot of the drivers obviously took the payment and took a few weeks off and whatever, you know. But um, I'd say most of those are back now. But there's drivers on now that I've never seen before, you know, in the rank. And, you know, because obviously you wouldn't know the night drivers. Well, I wouldn't because I don't do night. So... Yeah. But I mean, I know they have to make a few bob as well, but it's actually cutting all our work in half as well, you know? Yeah, of course. And yeah. even when the pubs do open, Joe, I don't think it's going to make a great difference because the trade will finish at, we'll say, what, half 10, 11 o'clock maybe. And, like, there's no students. Once a month, one week out of the month, the students are there. That's really their work. You know, that's where they they relish in the nighttime trade, the nightclubs, the you know, the students. So that's not really going to be there for them, you know. I And there's a lot of night drivers. A lot of people are going to give it up. Like even myself now, just for instance, my own case. Um, like we still have to pay our insurance, Joe. We still have to maintain the car. We still have to pay our normal bills, as does everybody else. But I myself, we have to, I have to get a new car. Not necessarily a new car. I have to get my car by January ceases to operate because it can't be older than, let's say, 10 years old. Yeah. So therefore, my car is no good for me after Christmas. I know, yeah. And the other thing is, and it's a really good point you make, um, the wet pubs are one thing. They open again on Monday evening. But we've almost forgotten about the fact that there's really no prospect of nightclubs opening for, well, who knows when. A long time, I'd say, Joe. So, you know, even though it's great to see those pubs opening and, like, their, those people's livelihoods as well and they need to get back on track but I do think that it's not going to make a whole lot of difference to nighttime drivers or anything, you know, to be fair Yeah, I remember uh, during lockdown, taxi drivers in Limerick saying to me that at one stage, at the height of it, there might only have been 10% of the normal uh, number of Limerick taxi drivers on the, the streets because there was no demand at all it then built gradually up as we reopened to maybe 50% um, you know, what would you reckon? I mean, are you back to maybe eighty percent of the normal number of taxi drivers, even though they're squeezed into the the daytime a bit more, as you say? Yeah, I'd say the, you're back to about seventy percent back. There, you know, people are back. If the hundred percent were back, we wouldn't have 
a hope in hell. Like I personally myself, you know, you'd have your own few regulars that would, you know, you'd have kind of every week or whatever, you know. But other than that, like you could be sitting an hour, an hour and a half in the rank before you didn't get a job. Yeah. That's you really know, that's crazy. Right. It's very tough. It's very tough. Um, we're chatting to Limerick taxi driver Tina O'Gorman, uh, our, our own Sarah, telling us uh, her pretty shocking story from this week in uh, Limerick. And Ger Mackin from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland is with us as well. Uh, Ger, first of all, specifically on the story that Sarah was uh, telling us, I mean, is, is this a hazard that taxi drivers have to live with? Ah. I see that I think Ger has gone from us. I think his line has dropped, um, unfortunately. Um, So, uh, Tina, um, ultimately, do you need help from the government or what? Well, I think, you know, like, they should put some kind of a package in place for taxi drivers, I think. Now, I would love to have gone to protest in Dublin the other day, but I couldn't go. I couldn't afford to take a day off of work, to be fair. And, like, they're on about, you know, getting the screens into the cars, the cabs, making them compulsory and all that. The thing about it is, if you get it in today and you have a suitability test tomorrow, you have to remove it again for that and then get it put back in again. Yeah. You know, I mean, we still have our taxes to pay at the end of October. You know, we still have everything and the business just isn't there, Joe. I do think the government should step up. Yeah. And you do get the sense, I mean, we know the city centre in Limerick had specific challenges anyway, um, but, you know, we hear them screaming all over city centres around the country, including in Limerick now, about, you know, office workers, for example, working from home more and more. We hear that more restrictions are coming into place in Dublin. We know the acting chief medical officer, uh, Ronan Glynn, has um, uh, again mentioned Limerick in the context of some other counties outside of Dublin that he's worried about. So it feels like for every business, including the taxi business, it's going to be a very, very challenging winter. Oh, very challenging altogether, Joe. And I mean, I do feel sorry for all those other businesses as well, trying to survive and, you know, trying to open up their business, make a go of it. And if, if it's locked down again, you know, those people may not open their business again. You know, it's very challenging altogether. I'm sure you find it as well down there, Joe. You know? uh, of course, absolutely. Sure. I mean, uh, loyal advertisers have been brilliant to us uh, over the years. You know, they're really, really struggling, of course, uh, as well uh, this year. And uh, you know, it's just it's just so tough for people. Um, would you think, Tina, of getting out of the game? Well, I wouldn't like to because I do love my job and I love meeting people and I like all that end of it. But if things don't fuck up, I won't have a choice but to get out of it. Yeah, uh, we're going to try Jar Mackin again uh, from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland. Hi, Jar. How are you? Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. There. No, that's not not to worry. These things happen. Um, uh, Jar, I was just saying about the incident that Sarah was telling us about. I know. Did, did you hear that one there only I, this week? I heard a bit of it uh, when it was cut off there. Yeah, it, 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 I didn't get the full story on it unfortunately yeah well unfortunately it was a rock thrown at a taxi that she was in the back of and uh, oh my god there's a few instances of that uh, all over and unfortunately anti-social behaviour is rife like you know yeah so that's another hazard the taxi drivers are facing I know there was the protest in Dublin Tina has very well told us the story 
of the struggles of taxi drivers in Limerick. And, and one of the interesting points she's making is that, unfortunately, because the nighttime stretch isn't there anymore for taxi drivers, those who are still working are trying to compete for business when they can, which is generally during the day, which puts pressure on people who would normally be on those shifts. So it's all squeezed into maybe 12 hours of the day instead of, you know, the 24-hour the cycle that taxi drivers would be used to, particularly in towns and cities. Oh, 100%. And it's even, it, it, it's, uh, even less than that because uh, of, of the lack of people working and people working from at home. So it is... Uh, it is far less than that, uh, and and so the work has dropped by approximately seventy percent. Um, so it's 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 a disaster out there for the taxi drivers, hackney drivers, and limousine drivers at the moment. It's uh, the the rest of them have no uh, people. The staycation has finished uh, with the children back to school. We there was a bit of a run I had there during uh, a month or even less. And that's all gone out of the uh, industry now. So uh, we're hoping that the government would uh, stand up and pay attention in relation to the massive protest that was in Dublin. There was nearly the guts of 4,000 drivers there uh, showing their discontent uh, towards the way they're being treated. And what can be done for them, Chair? They, they, they can introduce a wage subsidy scheme in relation to people at least putting bread on their table. A lot of the drivers are on the, the PUP at the moment anyway. So it, it would be an encouragement to, to get out, do something, stop all the social isolation. There's an awful lot of uh, mental health issues out there in relation to people being stuck at home. Uh, you know, extend the life of the, the vehicle that we don't have to, the ten, uh, nine-year rule uh, by a few years where lads are worrying about buying a new vehicle and they won't get loans during this, uh, you know, the, the pandemic. Uh, you know, the, there's uh, we're, we're not asking for big ass. We're asking for uh, a, a new taxi advisory committee uh, in relation to giving advice because um, there is nothing seemingly getting to the Minister of Transport. Now, we had a minute meeting with him the week before last and he turned around and he just says, we look at it as a matter of urgency but I can't promise you anything. So that statement in alone is, is speaks volume yeah, it, for the way, the way we've been treated. It sounds like, you know, if the pandemic goes the way it might across the winter, and we know in Dublin, um, Jared, that um, further restrictions are likely to come in before the weekend, um, that this taxi industry across the country would be much smaller six months from now than it is even now. But what, what when the vaccine comes out and everybody can go back on the streets and there's no taxis there? Uh, what is going to be the outcry from the public in, in, in relation to not preserving what we have in an industry we have? Uh, you know, so the, the country becomes vibrant again in the cities and then there's no taxis there for to bring anyone home. I, I think, uh, you know, they have to put the cart before the horse and look after what's, what's there. There's a range of different measures that we could look at. Uh, in in relation to, to solving the problem and retaining plates uh, uh, for taxi drivers. Uh, there's huge expense in the taxi industry. Lads are still paying back for their vehicles uh, up to €100 Euro a week and the same with the insurance. So a lot of money is going out to maintain a vehicle for the service of the public. And 
we don't know where we are. And then when the public needs us, if the government ignores us, there'll be no one there yeah. to serve the public. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Sarah, as a matter of interest, would your uh, pretty nasty experience this week put you off getting a taxi again? No, um, it's one bad experience, but like I've had countless positive experiences with taxi drivers in Limerick. I mean, we have great chats sometimes when you talk about anything and everything. And uh, you often, I don't know about anyone else, but me, if I, hop, if I hop into a taxi, it's because I'm running late somewhere. Um, or, you know, I can't get the bus or it's too, I have, I can't walk there or whatever. So for me, I'm always in a hurry. So I'm often a bit frazzled. And I tell you, I get out of taxis sometimes in a better mood than I got in. Um, it did leave me a little bit um, unsettled and I would be, I suppose, a bit more cautious about the times that I get taxis, you know, where I'm going, where I'm, you know, maybe instead of having my head stuck on my phone like I usually would, I, I would kind of have a, a, a better eye on my surroundings maybe. But look, these things happen and uh, it's just, it's it's a good thing that, you know, the rock hit the door and that it was a vehicle potentially damaged rather than an injury from a person. So no, it wouldn't deter me. Okay, very good. Well, listen, thank you, Sarah, for telling us uh, your a pretty horrendous story from uh, this week. Uh, quite a frightening experience for you. Uh, thank you to Jermacken from the Taxi Alliance of Ireland and Limerick taxi driver Tina O'Gorman. Spare a thought for taxi drivers, you know, like many, many people listening this morning. It's a really, really tough time for them in this pandemic. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.